Hey, hey you, listen, do me a favor. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, take a moment to hit the subscribe button. It's free and easy. That way you'll never miss an episode of Hot Takes on a Plate. I mean, you don't have to listen, but don't you want the option? Don't you want the reminder? I'm just saying. And if you listen on Spotify, tap the follow button, does the same thing. That's all. Okay, here we go. So we're airing this podcast. It's dropping the day after the election. However, I am recording this on the Friday before election day. So I have no idea who won the election. I have no idea if the election has even been decided yet. But what I do know is that it was probably a long night for a lot of you. And some of you who are listening right now may be hungover. Because election night is a drinking night, (laughs) and it's a drinking night for a lot of reasons. Uh, It could be a celebratory drinking night. It could be a anxiety drinking night. It could be a depression drinking night. It can be a lot of things. So I thought, what better topic for this week's Hot Takes on a Plate here on the Believe Podcast Network than booze? And joining me is a James Beard award-winning writer who specializes in booze, Brad Thomas Parsons. How's it going? Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me on. So when I get one of those names, like Brad Thomas Parsons, am I supposed to just say Brad? Do I have to say Brad Thomas? What, what am I doing uh, here? That's, you know, I never realized how complicated it would be when I started using my middle name sort of in my pen name, quote unquote. But um, Brad is fine. But a lot of people call me BTP or BT. But um, uh, yeah, it's not. But I get called when I when I go to events sometime. It's under Thomas and not Parsons. So, but I've had several publicists email me like, I don't know how to address you. So I didn't mean to make it complicated, but Brad works. International <laughs> man of mystery. Yeah. Uh, Brad and works. it's funny because like you and I, I know we've been following each other on social media for a while. We've yeah. never actually formally met, but I do have to, I don't usually like to tell like these kind of stories at the top of podcasts because I think most people don't care, but I find this one very amusing. And I don't even know if you remember this, but I swear to you, it was probably... Maybe last winter, I remember getting on a New York City bus and seeing you. Yeah. And and we gave each other this like subtle head nod from like across the bus, even though we had never actually exchanged words. It's like we recognized each other's faces. And it was just kind of funny and comical and like very New York that we're that like two basically strangers are like nodding at each other on a bus. Well, we 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 were in the same room, if you remember maybe a year before that or, or sometime before that at that restaurant Lilo. Um, yes. Yes. So I was there, you were there, we didn't know each other, but due to um, uh, geotags on our respective Instagram posts, <laughs> I think we commented on each other's posts like, Hey, I was just there. And, but, but yeah, but I, so I knew what you looked like, obviously, but like, yeah, we had never, besides some, I think some, a couple of DMS on Instagram, had never uh, met in person, but I knew what you looked like. And, and I think it, we were still in dark day mode then and like riding the bus still is scary for many people now, but um, I but, think it yeah. was like, I think it was sort of like that, was, like pre shutdown COVID. Yeah, where, like, like, we, like, I think it was like, maybe if I were to guess, maybe like late February, early March where yes. like we were like, about to take a turn, but we didn't know yet what the rules were. I, I remember actually I record the last podcast I recorded in person was I think March 11th. And I met a friend mm-hmm. at a restaurant he was consulting at. And it was like, I remember going into it going, 
okay, like we were we weren't talking about masks at the time or social distancing. Mm-hmm. But I remember like bringing my two mics and taking the the mic cover off of his mic, just leaving the metal so I could like wipe it down with disinfectant when we were done. Yeah. And like I remember like going, okay, we're not going to shake hands, but like he gave me a hug anyway because everybody was on a different. Yeah. you know, wavelength. And it was just like, the whole thing was like very confusing and awkward. And so, yeah, we well, were definitely was, in that mode then. Yeah. Cause I remember, I, de- I, I distinctly remember like you were sitting in the front where I was sitting and it was kind of, it was awkward to get up and talk to you because the, yes. the bus was moving and things, and you got off before me, I think. Um, but, but yeah, and I, I, I wrote about that Friday, that last Friday the 13th for um, a site called punch where, cause it just was etched in my mind. You sort of knew like things are going to change you knew things were going to change. And I have a lot of Italian friends and they were warning me, like start, you know, load up for a month's worth of food. Be, this is serious. This is serious. And now I'm sending those same texts, you know, we're going back cause now they're in the same boat again, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, it happened. It was, it, it, it uh, cascaded each day. It was like, boom, boom, boom. But then mm-hmm. you kind of knew. So that last night I went out in the neighborhood to a few spots, sort of a last hurrah, just to say, you know, wish well. And tip last day. call. And, yeah, the little last call. And then sure enough, you know, that that Monday, everything was closed for a while. So, uh, yeah, but no, that, but yeah, so we we should definitely meet in person at some point for uh, <laughs> uh, if you're up for it. But, but yeah, I, I do remember that uh, very well. Well, here on Hot Takes on a Plate, you, the listener, gets to eavesdrop on the ultimate food fights as I debate my culinary world friends and other eating and drinking enthusiasts in their areas of expertise. So, Brad, we're going all in on booze. Ready? Ready. Okay. First one, the best election night drink is a Pilsner. Yes, that's right. I'm going beer. Mm. Here's why. Yes. It's a weeknight. You don't want to be hungover for the next day. You know, you know, Pilsners, it's low ABV. You know, you, it also means you can drink more of them. So if it's a long night and you, you want to have more than one or two, you can do that and you're probably going to be fine the next day. And also to me, beer is what you drink when you watch sports. And to me, politics, <laughs> they're sports. Yeah. And so, you know, what better thing to drink when watching the results coming in than a Pilsner? Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. You're, you're sort of right. No, I think, I think the Pilsner, I love Pilsner. I drink it all the time. Um, I think election night though demands something a little stronger and, you know, mm. um, so I would I would go both. I would go like a Boilermaker approach and have um, a Pilsner or something like Miller High Life, um, like a lager on hand, and but have uh, a sipping whiskey you're going to dip into throughout the night um, to be a little more fortified. So because um, it is, it's a special. It's not. It is Super Bowl like, but it's there's so much tension around it that I think you need something a little more calming than uh, simply refreshing. I just worry about the the day after, you know, you have yeah. work. I guess this year's a little different because a lot of people are working from home. I guess you mm-hmm. can just keep your sweatpants on and, you know, go waste up on the Zoom calls and whatever you got to do. But I don't know. <laughs> like the worst thing is having a hangover going to work. That is not something I would ever no. recommend to anyone. I agree. I mean, we take for granted that, I mean, as a writer, like oh, everyone's working from home. And even if people are working from home, they're really working, you know, have to meetings, Zoom calls all day things like that. So yeah, you do have to take that into account, but I think this is a very, uh, I think it's sort of expected. It's like the Monday after Super Bowl, where <laughs> it's one of the highest, I think, sick day call-ins or something for that. Um, it's sort of expected that things aren't going to be normal, no matter what the results. And uh, I noticed watching that first debate, 
um, I wasn't, I don't think I was drinking that night, but I felt like I was the next day. Like I was just so tense and aggravated and, and, and I had did, I gave myself a personal day and I worked for myself. You know, I was kind of like, you know, I'm not doing anything today because I was up late, just stressed out, couldn't sleep, freaking out. Um, so I think there's gonna be a little bit of that element. So, so it's, maybe, maybe the, maybe then the key is happy medium, start with like a good cocktail and then kind of work your way into a Pilsner or a lager. Yeah. Like I like it. I have, they're hard to find, um, Miller high life ponies, you know, the kind of, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. um, a lot of bars have them, but retail, they're tough to find. I've got a couple spots in the neighborhood. I don't tell anybody where they are. And so I always buy a six pack. So that's sort of, to me, almost like a glass of water sometimes having, you know, there's, they're, they're, it's a great beer. It's iconic, but that's something like if I have someone over for a drink, they'll, they get that as well, whatever they're drinking. It's sort of a, a tandem drink as my friend, Brian Bartles, who's a bartender and writer, calls it tandem drinking. Now, are you a believer in this whole, like, don't mix beer with liquor or don't mix this with that? Like, you know, you hear all these things that, like, you're going to get, you know, what do they say? Beer and liquor makes you sicker or something? Or beer before liquor makes you sicker? I don't know. Beer, all that. Yeah, Yeah. I think think it depends how much you're drinking. It's more the quantity and the, 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 whether you're doing intentionally or not, you know, going out sometimes. Like, I have a lot of, uh, liquor at home but i don't drink a lot at home so when i go out i feel like i make up for it sometimes if so you might have four drinks in one sitting which to a doctor that seems like you know a lot if you add that up multiple times a week which i don't do but like i think i I don't like to mix it up too much like it's i'm fine having a cocktail if it was a regular dinner setting pre-covid i would have a cocktail maybe i'd have a glass of wine and then have an Amaro at the end. So I am kind of dipping around different things, but, but generally I, I can switch with ease between beer and uh, mixed drink. Um, I don't drink a ton but of wine. You're a pro. You're a no, pro. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But I don't drink a ton of wine. Like, like I rely, I have so many friends that are wine pros and I get wildly intimidated, but I just kind of embrace and whatever they're drinking, I'll drink. So I know it's going to be great. And they're not going to steer me wrong, but like I'll have a glass of wine with dinner and things like that. But, um, Generally, I'm a cocktail or beer guy, and and I found uh, we'll probably talk about hangovers more. But yeah, I, I never used to think like, oh, I'm not hungover, but but when I don't wake up, when I sleep all day, that's a hangover. You know, the next yeah. day, like like when it's Saturday and I'm still in my sweats at like 3 p.m. and haven't eaten yet, and and that's like okay, that's technically a hangover. So so it does happen occasionally, but for the most part, um, yeah, you don't want to like mix shots and wine and beer and. Brandy Alexander's and all kinds of things like be consistent. Like you can jump from a Negroni to a Manhattan, but I try to stay in the same uh, area roughly of, of, of family of what I'm drinking and not going too crazy mixing it up. But, but, um, but I think it's, it depends on the person too. So you, you transition nicely mentioning hangovers yeah. <laughs> and eating because the next hot take is that, you know, obviously some of the listeners right now are probably hungover, and to me, comfort food as a hangover cure is a fallacy. I, I think that co- most comfort food is high in sodium and sodium just dehydrates you. And the last thing you want to be when you are hungover is dehydrated. To me, if you want a good hangover food cure, give me some good bread. Just let the bread sop up whatever's inside of you. You don't need a, a bucket of fried chicken. You don't need like, <laughs> a, like a, you know, a big hunk of, you know, barbecue or whatever. Like I, I just, to me, that's just this, like super fatty, salty foods when, when I'm hungover, 
you know, I know I do have a little bit of a craving for a good breakfast food every now and then when I'm hungover, mm-hmm. maybe a bacon, egg and cheese, but like too That's much true. salt is just, it just wrecks you. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. I gotta say wrong there. You're, I mean, you're being too, you're being too, uh, you're thinking about it too much. I think you have to go with your gut, so to speak. And like, like, even though, yeah, realistically, you know, I know people take like, you know, you take vitamin C, do this, do that. I like, I, I would crave like a, a BEC is what I would want. You know, I know maybe that's not the the best ultimately scientifically or, or physically uh, to combat the hangover. Um, I don't go back to booze. I don't believe in the hair of the dog, the bitchy stuff. Like I wouldn't go for a big bloody Mary the next day. Um, I like, I like, uh, I, I know it's not good for you, but I drink, uh, I'm, I would drink diet Coke over Coke, but an ice cold, bubbly carbonated beverage something like a coke or diet coke it hits the spot for me if i'm if in the morning again that's not good for you either i know um so yeah i don't i couldn't imagine myself just so you would use you just roll out of bed and start gnawing on a like a bagel on the counter or bagel would be great but my thing is this what you're saying is is you're going like saying okay whatever you're craving in that moment (laughs) when you have a hangover that's what you go for but the cravings are what got you into the hangover in the first place because the cravings you didn't know when to stop drinking so why are you listening to your cravings your cravings are killing you (laughs) i'm not well i'm not the most disciplined guy so i I will admit to that um yeah i'm not gonna wake up and and go running or be super healthy and i just have a feeling like you know, I might have a loaf of bread on hand. Like you said, there might be, you know, in New York, you can easily go get fresh bagels. I don't have bagels on hand. I would go get them. So I think you're minimizing, ideally, unless you're going out to brunch, which I, I would say you're, you're minimizing the amount of travel you have to do. Yeah, so whether, you get, you get whether, whether delivered now. Whether you're having it delivered or go to a bodega on the corner. And, and when I don't want to leave the house, you know, the BEC or a version of that, uh, is what I would seek out. Um, pancakes. I mean, pancakes to me are I, a good oh, carb that. that can absorb. I, I mean, you know, look. I think the I'm key with you is on that. pancakes may, for sure. Maybe if you know it's going to be a long night, you, you make a list on the fridge the <laughs> night have before have as like a reminder. Like, don't do yeah. this the next day. Do this the next day. It's better for your body. Yeah. No, I think if you're being righteous, yes, you are correct. But if you're being realistic, I think most people I know would. You know, and, and I know friends who like. I have a couple of friends uh, when we used to hang out more often in the city in Manhattan. Um, I say goodbye to them at the bar, you know, late at night, and they were heading to the Taco Bell near their apartment. They were having like Taco Bell before they went to bed, <laughs> and so so I don't think they're waking up and having a, a whole wheat roll. Or I, I think I think what informed this whole you know, theory of mine was probably in college. In college, you know, I, I went to college in Virginia, James Madison University. We did not mm-hmm. have great pizza there our pizza especially late at night was it was fast food pizza you know it was and so like in college we'd order papa john's which i haven't had in years but you know and then you get the garlic dipping sauce and papa john's is just a brick of sodium that's all it is it is a brick of sodium and i never ate papa john's before i went to bed and woke up feeling good the next day that (laughs) never happened no even when you're sober i think no that's just it's just yeah yeah. you want to just suck everything out of your body that that's good eat papa john's yeah um what do you think of pedialyte everybody says pedialyte is the the hangover cure i personally have never done that um i mean it's it's putting back the fluids and electrolytes in your body. If closest I would do to that is Gatorade. Yeah. You know, I usually, I usually have, um, I know it's just pure sugar. It's not good for you, but 
Um, especially when it's hot out sometimes, like having an ice cold jug of Gatorade hidden in the back of the refrigerator. Um, I'm specific about my flavors and styles. And I went down a rabbit hole of Gatorade because the colors don't really mean what the flavor is and trying to figure <laughs> out like, what is, you know, glacial, what is, breeze, yeah, glacial what is ice glacial, or whatever. Glacial breeze, exactly. And like, oh, I like the blue one. Right. You know, anyway. the, the, the flavors of Gatorade to me remind me of the sense of like old spice. You know, like oh, if you've ever yeah. like been in like CVS looking at the different oh, deodorants, yeah. they're basically like Gatorade flavors. <laughs> exactly. No. Yeah. I, and I, it's actually, and I, I do, I think I will admit I use an old spice deodorant and it's, I use fresh, it's called. So, but, in, but uh, they all do that. Even like, uh, like the act, it could be Axe, it could be yeah. any of them. Dove. It's like, actually, if you, if you look at the, the scent names, they match up pretty well with these crazy Gatorade <laughs> flavors that are not Absolutely. the traditional. I like that. No, yes, yeah, so I've never had it. I've never had Pedialyte, but uh, on hand. Um, I know some younger friends of mine who 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 do do that, but that was never something I adopted. It's what the if, kids do. It's the millennial yeah, solution. Yeah, I'm fine having Gatorade or like something cold and bubbly, but um, but yeah, I'm not necessarily feeling like uh, oh, it's making me feel better. It's just hits the spot, like especially in the, in the, this summer um, when it was relatively hot. Sometimes, like just coming in you're just icky and AC isn't kicked on yet. Like that's what I would reach for. But, but in terms of hangover, uh, just enough of it too. Like in, in one, in, in another, um, I probably doesn't fit your spectrum, but, but ice cold chocolate milk straight from uh, a jug. <laughs> I know it's like, like plat, like, like it's not a single oh, serve. But like I, that, in my family, like I love dairy products and yeah. I hate drinking milk. Like ice cream okay, is like, if, okay. if you said there's one food I could live on the rest of my life, it wouldn't affect my health. I could just eat it all day. It would be ice, ice cream. cream. Yet yeah. I can't drink milk. Milk okay. just on its own is like repulsive to me. See, I can only have it from the the chocolate milk. I can only have it from the spout. Like I live alone, so it's just mine. <laughs> um Occasionally, if I'm in a diner, like a Waffle House, I'll have a chocolate milk or something, you know, like on a rare occasion if it's whether it's late at night or early in the morning. But um, yeah, I I, uh, I probably shouldn't be drinking as much milk. I don't drink a lot. I mean, I have some of my coffee. I mean, Ron I have, Burgundy was right. Yeah. Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> it was, it was yeah, a bad but, choice. But that All was, right. yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. As I say, next one. We're going to get into cocktails now because I know that's okay. what, what you're here no, for. We get, we like it. We're so far. The best so. cocktail. The best cocktail. And I know it's polarizing, cool. but it's the best is a Negroni. I know it's polarizing. I know it's trendy, which makes you want to almost shy away from it. But to me, it hits all the right notes. And it's so easy to make. It's three ingredients. You know, you can debate the the ratios on them, but you, you're taking three ingredients mm -hmm. and you're stirring them. They're not, there's no, you don't have to muddle anything. You don't have to do anything. And you can even pre-make it, put it, I've, I've pre-made Negroni, put it in a bottle for a party and it's done and you pour it out. You know, you get the bitter, you get the sweet, you get that balance. I, I to me, it, it, Negroni is the perfect cocktail. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. You are 100% correct. Um, yeah, it's my favorite drink too. Like I, I wrote a book called Last Call, which was asking bartenders what their last drink would be. And of course I have to, Finn that questioned myself and I hemmed and hawed and danced around it, but ultimately it would be a Negroni, um, which, you know, as you mentioned, it's, it's traditionally equal parts, gin, Campari, sweet vermouth. Um, the one way to really mess it up is with the vermouth. Like if you don't, you know, you want to keep your vermouth refrigerated at home. Once you open it, it has a short it like, shelf life. 
yeah, treat it like wine, buy the half bottles if you can of like Dolan or Carpano Antica. But that template uh, gives you a lot of room to play around with. You know, there's obvious uh, cocktails on their own that stem from that family, like the Boulevardier, which is made with bourbon. Um, the Spagliato, which is my one of my favorite twists on it, which instead of gin is uh, uh, Prosecco or sparkling wine. You give a Mezcal Negroni. Um, I like equal parts. I like making it. Me too. Build, building it. Sometimes I'll do this. If I have people over, I'll make two two at a time in a mixing glass and pour them out. But you can build it in a, in your in your glass, big cube, handful of ice. Um, yeah, it hits those notes as, as like bitter, sweet, herbaceous. But the gin um, makes it a serious drink, something contemplative as well. You know, it it is. It, it looks like it's an easy aperitivo drink, like a spritz, but you have to watch yourself. You know, you, you, I've had plenty before dinner. I've had more than one before dinner, but really is a, it's like having an old fashioned or a Manhattan. It's something you need to, to, to take seriously. Um, and also has, it instantly captures that, you know, to me, like it's Italy in a glass, it's La Dolce Vita. Um, but so easy and it's just sophisticated, but also, uh, simple to make. So, so yeah, you are not going to, I'm not going to fight you on that one. And, uh, yeah. And, and I, I wrote a, something for imbibe magazine about you know the solace of the negroni during pandemic where it was easy to make and like you said you can batch them you can make make a bunch in a a jar a bottle in your keep in your refrigerator or freezer and pour them out as needed um and those variations are great and so just keep an eye on your vermouth and i love mine with campari but there's a wealth of red bitter options out there now too so some domestics and from italy other places so you can try try those as well but i like the that distinctive taste of campari gives negroni its soul i think yeah i do too i do too and i think you know you can play around with the gin obviously Mm -hmm. um i think you know for me like i think too high a proof gin can kind of overwhelm it a little bit in my my personal opinion um i think to me the most important component is the vermouth Mm -hmm. because i think that's where you can really kind of experiment a little bit with flavors and things and uh what's your perfect Negroni. Like if I said like, all right, what gin are you using? You already said Campari. What gin? What sweet vermouth? Like what's your perfect Negroni? Yeah, I, I like a London a London dry style gin. So I kind of cut my teeth on Beefeater Negronis and I usually have Beefeater on hand. But I worked, I worked with Ford's gin on my last book tour. And so I started, I drank a lot of Ford's gin and, and I really like, so I just wanted to give that transparency of, of the, I did work with them, but I do, it's a, it's, made like with bartenders in mind and bartenders love it. So it's a, it's a serious gin from the construction of the bottle to how it tastes. Uh, it's meant to be used in a bar and, and not just stared at. And, uh, so I, at home I use Ford's has become my house gin and vermouth. I kind of, I like using Dolan, uh, the really yeah so it's a little lighter like the carpano i don't like see i don't like it i don't that's you, the one i i tr- you i didn't like Antica? yeah see that's yeah that's, or good yeah go ahead no go ahead i'm curious what you're gonna well, say the carpano antica can be a little bit of a bully as a vermouth because it's got strong vanilla and strong orange notes and to me it's a little more uh it's like a winter vermouth so i like i like carpano antica in a manhattan because it's a little more spirited and austere but then the Negroni. I mean, I like Cinzano. I'll use Cinzano a lot if I have it, but I tend to have Dolan because of those half bottles. I like it's floral, 
um, it's light and it does. That's why I don't like it. It's too light. light. Yeah. Yeah, It feels like watery to me. Whereas the Carpano, it it gives it like a little bit of complexity or, or have you ever done Punta Mez? Yeah. I I like that in the winter. Yeah. You know, it gives a little bit of backbone. Uh, I don't know if I'm getting the pronunciation right. So I apologize. But like Kochi. Oh yeah. Yeah. Koki. Yeah. Koki. Koki. Yeah. Yeah. That's another one that I've used that I like, but yeah, the, I didn't even know it was pronounced Dolan. I thought it was just Dolan. Well, I mean, I was, Um, I I guess the French way is Dolan, but yeah, Dolan. I, um, this is where I learned something each time I do a podcast, but I, yeah, I just find it like, it's like the one I didn't like because I went through a period. I go through this period with food and drink in general, where I'll obsess over one thing and then I just like kind of move on mm-hmm. to the next thing. And I went through like a Negroni phase where I was like, you know, making them too often. And so like <laughs> I was, you know, experiment. but the thing is you can only experiment so much when you're buying bottles of gin, yeah. or, you know, I wasn't full, you know? And so like the, the Dolan was the one that I was kind of like, yeah, I'm not feeling this one as much. Well, I don't, but I don't do it at home too much, but I know like at Long Island bar, which is one of my favorite Brooklyn bars and other bars too, but they'll split vermouths in different drinks. So so I think Toby Cicchini does use uh, Cinzano and Carpano Antica because, like, it's sort of mm. it's like one is a little too heavy, one is a little too yeah. light. So you find that's find smart. a medium. I like that. And even the base, he uses two different ryes instead of one rye. So that's a that's a way to sort of layer upon it. That's um, cool. I like that. Yeah, no, I kind of uh, in in the Dolan is uh, they have those great half bottles in all their expressions, the Bianco and the. Uh, the dry vermouth as well. So it's kind of not easy to keep on hand. Um, I like loose style vermouth a lot too. I've never used, uh, it's a Spanish vermouth. Um, I've never used it in a Negroni. I usually use their, um, I would just drink that on the rocks with orange, but, um, and then for a non Campari option, I'm a big fan of uh, fourth Ave spirits here, here, yes. here in Brooklyn. They're, yes, that is good. They're aperitivo called red. Um, just takes it a different direction, you know, it tastes different than Campari, but it isn't, uh, some other red bitters, maybe they're not bitter enough. Maybe they're not, they don't have enough backbone or mouthfeel to stand up to a Campari. Um, but fourth have, uh, a lot of restaurants I frequent will pour fourth have in their Negroni instead. But I think, I think you have to, if you're not using Campari on a restaurant or bar and you have a menu, you should list it. Like I hate, yeah. I hate when it says yeah. Negroni, and I can tell it's not Campari. Like yes. use whatever move you want. Also, the co- I hate to say this, but the color of Campari—it's so distinct. Yeah. And I think there you do drink with your eyes to an extent. You, you're almost looking for that. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I had made a good one with the the Fourth Haven, the um, the Punta Mez, and I forget the gin I used one winter, and it was really delicious, but it didn't look like the no. They can look especially like Punta Mez and in some other if you're using like um, Torino style vermouth, like Koki has uh, Torino style vermouth. Um, it gets a little murkier, a little more amber than red. Um, so I yeah. think I think that that red siren, it's not you know it's not it's not fire engine red necessarily, um, but depending on what vermouth you're using, it should have a red hue to me and kind of a which beacon is like a beacon to me, which I, I love seeing it. And I think that's part of it. The Negroni's charm is it, it looks interesting, it looks cool um, and, in the glass, and and a little bit of sophistication, but also. Um, ease to it, you know. It's not, and you gotta have you gotta have the orange peel, not the orange slice. Don't give me an orange wedge. Give me the peel. <laughs> I'm with you. A thick swath of orange peel. Yes, for sure. Give me that that zesty sort of yes, spritz yeah. it all over. That, you, 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 or you, spice. It, it hits it hits you in the nose. It's so good. It, so it, it, it to me, it signals you're drinking a Negroni. If it's bubbly, like a spagliato or a spritz, I'm fine with the orange wedge in there. But um, 
yeah, for something a little more spirit forward, uh, I do like that. Yeah, because you want the aromatics when you're putting it in the glass, but when it's coming up to your nose, you're getting it, getting it in there as well. Okay, here's a super hot take. Okay. Nobody actually likes an old-fashioned. They just want to be Don Draper. I disagree. Like, <laughs> like I just, I just, to me, like, an old fashioned just tastes like old man. Like it just <laughs> tastes like old, old man. I've never, I've never been able to get into an old fashioned. Really? I think it's cause I just don't like whiskey. Well, like I'm just not a whiskey I mean, drinker. Yeah. I just, I can do bourbon, but whiskey to me is just, it, uh, like it's, it's overpowering. It's, it, it punches me in the face. I, I just, I've never been able to get into old fashions. I just, can't. I mean, I, I cut my teeth on bourbon. Like that was one of the first spirits I really got into. Um, which led me to the old fashioned and, and most bars are making old fashions now, uh, with a simple syrup instead of a sugar cube. And it might be a rich syrup, which is like either two times the sugar or a demerara syrup. So I think it's sweet linoleum. <laughs> no, I think I, they can be sweet, but they're, they're austere too. They're, they're, when you take that ice cube out, it's just, you know, two ounces of bourbon, a uh, bar spoon of sugar some bitters, you know, and you get some dilution if you're stirring it from a mixing glass, but it's, it's, it's a sipper, but it's not, uh, it's a short kind of thing. No, I think, I think there's so many variations with that. Cause you can have, uh, you don't have to use bourbon to still have an old fashioned, but I like my, I truthfully don't drink a lot of them when I'm out. Um, but it was something I went through a big phase of those. And it had nothing to do with Don Draper. I, I get it. Like, yeah, things do spike, whether it's a martini or a Manhattan, um, because of uh an appearance on on a, a notable show like that where it seems like hey you know let's do that in bar carts and barware sales um i think it's a good drink but there's so many variations where it can be made poorly and it is like like watching a bartender make one is a way to sort of test but i think we're at the point in the old-fashioned um you know status now where where you should be able to get a decent one but you know, I just wrote about the Wisconsin old fashioned, which is a whole other animal. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but no. they, they use brandy. Um, they use like a cheap Corbell brandy. They muddle the sugar cube. They Hey, I'm not bashing Wisconsin no. right now. Wisconsin is a very yeah. important state as, as, as it pertains to when this is airing. So <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin, so we love you. The, but, <laughs> we love you in Brooklyn. <laughs> but, no, absolutely. And a lot of them, like, like Toby, Robert Simonson, um, Brian Bartles, who I mentioned, some of my favorite drinks world people all hail from Wisconsin. And, and, um, and so go Packers. Yeah. So, but I think it's, it's a, it's a, it's a little more sessionable because they use brandy, which is lighter. Um, they use like the neon red cherries, the sugar wedge, they muddle it up, but then it has different options of your topping. So they call it, um, sweet, which would be a splash of seven up, um, sour, which would be a squirt or a press which is squirt and a little soda water so it's a little more sessionable um the story ended up being like you know when you have eight of anything in a row anything is sessionable but so it doesn't hit you as hard but it's it's not an old-fashioned like like you you would never see it outside of wisconsin so so i think yeah like there's probably some bad ones out there and that's probably where it steered you wrong. But if you don't like whiskey, you're probably not drawn to it. I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I made a comment that nobody likes an old fashioned, but I, you actually just jarred my memory. The the absolute. I was gonna actually throw a hot take at you that the most overrated cocktail of all time is the Bloody Mary. Yeah. Um. Because I, quite frankly, your base of it, tomato juice, is just who wants to drink that? Like, I'm just not into that. However, however, 
Bloody Mary is still not the worst cocktail. The worst cocktail, I actually blocked it out of my head because it's just it's so awful and repugnant. And and you, you, when you mentioned, um, you know, I, I think you mentioned sour, and mm-hmm. it hit me. There's nothing worse than a Long Island iced tea. Long well, Island iced tea is just that, that is a, just a bastion for getting you drunk. That's all it is. It's let's just dump a bunch of alcohol in a glass and have fun like it just doesn't it's too much it's too much is anyone drinking that though aside from you know maybe like raucous beach bars or i mean i don't i've had people try to tell me that you can make a good one and i'm sure you can any great bartender can make something good but like no like i don't i look it was (laughs) like i have childhood nightmares of being you know underage and like when you're underage you know and you know you want to like quote unquote get drunk fast or whatever Mm -hmm. like that's like the drink you know it's it's just straight booze but it's it's gross it's like it's like what it's like it's like if you're constructing a dish as a chef and you go like five ingredients too far and you Mm -hmm. just muddle up the whole thing it's like hey let's take a pizza and we'll throw some eggplants and anchovies and truffle oil and arugula and prosciutto. And they're all good on their own. And we're just going to mix them all up and it'll be great. No, that's that's a Long Island iced tea. <laughs> well, I think it came of a – it was of a certain era. You know, like I, when I, I tended bar, my only time tending bar was like four summers of my college years. And it was at a beach bar in upstate New York called Harpoon Eddie's. And that was you – know, everything came from a gun and mixes – um, so it was that era of sugary drinks and sex on the beach and tequila sunrises. And I served a ton of Long Island iced teas and they were poorly made. It's just all the white, all the white booze. It's like vodka, rum, tequila, um, and gin. I don't know if gin's in there. I could be wrong. And then splash of Coke and, or a splash of sour mix and serve. And, and I think we had a limit on how many you could have. Um, but I don't, I, I think now like a, a bartender could like make their own cola syrup or, use artisanal spirits and but the idea is you know we're, we're now down to like a three ounce cocktail or four ounce when diluted versus the big bird bath martini glass you know so it's like we're we're it's not about the quantity and then it was about like what's the thing i won't, can get hammered on um so yeah so i don't i think it's i would agree with you on that but i don't see it in the wild at all at least the places i frequent um but the bloody mary um if there's room to talk about that, I, I, I yeah, was never a big fan. Uh, I, Thank you. I used to have one, uh, prime meats before they closed, they made theirs with aqua Vite and it was pretty austere, but they get comically, the condiments go crazy. Now you're drinking cocktail sauce. Yeah. And, and it's in, they're never quite right, but, um, and yeah. now they're putting, you know, skewers of shrimp in them. Yeah, fried and chicken. Like all this, like, yeah, like what is, like, come it's on, crazy. stop. Yeah. It's the crazy milkshake of the cocktail world. Yeah, that was another Wisconsin tradition. And one good thing about this, they serve, they call it a snit. They serve most Bloody Marys with a little short glass of beer. And uh, so, again, like two drinks for one. But, um, yeah, I've never, I think maybe once or twice I've had a Bloody Mary. And, again, too, I, I, if anyone ever ordered one afternoon, not to be like an Italian with a cappuccino, but no one has any business drinking Bloody Mary at night. I know you should be able to drink what you want, but that's definitely a daytime uh, drink if you are going to have one. But, yeah, I, I don't crave a Long Island iced tea, and I think I've never actually had one. I've made plenty of them. But uh, I may have seen one, like, as a gag, like like, like I said, like a, uh, a reverse-engineered one, but um, it, it like a – Booker and Dax type place, but I can't recall. But uh, but no, I I I don't think I think business being out there right now. All right, last hot take I'm going to throw at okay. you. Okay, we'll just we'll just do this one. True or false? 
Um, and we'll do it lightning round style. Okay. Fernet Fernet Branca is hipster mouthwash. True or false? False. I disagree. But yeah, no, I mean, as someone who writes about tomorrow, I know it's more than just that, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it, it's more than that. It is. I, I mean, I I'm biased true or false, I'm said. look, I'm biased against Fernet because the, the worst probably hangover of my life involved it. And it yeah. was just a bad night. Many, 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 many years ago, pre kids. Um, and it involved me sloppily putting it in hot chocolate. I don't ask. It was just not a, it was a, it was a really bad next day. Um, I'm glad I survived it. It was just, for so I will never, in hot chocolate ugh. is a great drink. So I'm not, I mean, you, you sounds like you're doing everything right, but um, no, on paper, I know I'm just true or false. I'm not allowed to talk. Am I allowed to talk or no? Yeah. yeah okay. you know, yo, stop talking. No, I thought you said it's true or false. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I was just having, okay. Fun. No, it, you can, you, you may, you may speak. Brian. It does have a, it's very mentholated. It has a mouthwash kind of taste to it. But when you get beyond that, like, and most people are doing it as a shot, like most bartenders do it as a shot. And when in a cocktail, usually using a scant amount of it um, because it is so powerful. Um, but it is one that's great, like um, in, in a food applications, so like gelatos or desserts or chocolate sauces. I've seen a lot of Fernet Branca, you know, mint gelato kind of combos. Um, and I just, uh, I just got a, um, a media request for a spike your hot chocolate recipe, and I gave them one with Fernet Branca. So, so it was just funny that, <laughs> that you said that because to me, that the mintiness and the chocolate do play well together. But yeah, it is. Uh, it's one of those things like like bartenders and suspenders and arm garters. It takes a certain. It's gone. It starts with something genuine. It jumped the shark. Jumped the shark. But I but I think it's one of the most historical Amaro Amari out there. Um, and it's, it's, it's beloved in the bartender community. So, and as someone who writes about tomorrow, I would never say false to that or, or true to that. So I tried to pin you down. False. I tried to pin you down. Yeah. I, I, you know, I tried to get controversial here. You no, didn't, you didn't, take, didn't take my bait, bait, but I'm on to you. L- listen, Brad, thank you so much for your time. Uh, again, we're recording this before, uh, a very pivotal day, election day. It's, it's dropping the morning after, um, I hope when this drops, uh, we can celebrate good things and not be in a civil war or who knows what else. So, um, but thank you for explaining booze and discussing booze with me here on Hot Takes on a Plate, which is part of the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out at BLEAV.com. You can check me out on Instagram. Twitter and Facebook at Rob Patron TV and and Brad, what's, what's your Instagram where, or how do you want people Uh, to reach you? BT Parsons. BT Parsons on Instagram. He's a great follow. If you're into drinking and bars in New York. Um, And of course, uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening or follow. If you are on Spotify till next time, I'm Rob Patron. Ciao.